Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Welcome to another five minute flip. What is up, Flip Eponymi? Welcome to your five minute flip for September 25th, 2023. So, you know, I'm a church planter. I'm in an urban context. We're, we're trying to do some pretty difficult things, to be honest. You know, I, I've worked in established churches. I've worked in mostly in church planting, uh, as well as in, in Lansing, you know, kind of going from, we were, I was there 13 years. So you go from that church plant phase where you're building, building, building. It's hard, really in the trenches work to eventually kind of hitting this point of sustainability doesn't mean it's easy, but it is different. And so there's a unique challenge to this early phase. There's this unique challenge. And, and certainly there's a psychological pressure of, oh, you know, this thing's got to grow and it's not growing and we need it to grow for it to be, you know, sustainable. And, and, and I have my own internal issues with that, that I just, you know, I'm, I'm open about. But, but deeper than that, there's a whether I'm in a whether I'm in a an established church setting or a church planting setting, I have a heart for the lost. I have a heart for broken people and for lost people. You know, people that don't know Jesus and or people that are hurting, uh, broken. You know, there's just a lot of brokenness in this world, and so most of you are not church planters listening to this, but but all of us can relate to the brokenness of this world where and every every one of our stories is different for for some it it's it's over illness you know for some it's over looking at just war and poverty and you know just there's so much brokenness in this world i i mean the, the list could just go on and on and on that's not the point of this my point is i don't know what to do with my brokenness you know i i get discouraged because and and i'm going to it is, I think, in, in, in my initial context with church planting and evangelism and trying to see people healed of emotional trauma, uh, you know, to see people. So to be to be honest, we've seen a fair amount of people come to know the Lord. We've seen a fair amount of people, you know, come to church and then they they get baptized and uh, and fall off. You don't you know you don't you don't see them regularly. They don't take the steps of discipleship that you wish they would take. And I, I wish that the parable of the sower wasn't true. I'm not going to get into that one today, but but you can look that up if you're not familiar with it. But just the reality of the, the rea- and, and as a church planner, I try, like I, I, I reach out to people, I meet with them. I feel like because I believe in the gospel, I believe in the Holy Spirit that I can, and God has gifted me in a unique way that I can winsomely, you know, meet with someone and, and help them make better choices and, and help convince them to come to church and to, you know, join a small group and to be discipled. And then it doesn't happen. Certainly it happens sometimes, but when, but <laughs> the, the, I, I notice it more when it doesn't, I notice it more when it doesn't. And I'm, I'm wrestling through that and I feel sorrow. I feel sorrow. That's the word I feel is sorrow. And, there's not a lot of space in our Christian theology for sorrow. And I was reading this morning, and something hit me fresh in Scripture. And I love it when that happens, because honestly, it doesn't happen super often for me anymore. And man, this is, this is really fresh. So I want to I wanna read to you from Matthew 26, 
36 through 39, and this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm going to read it, but I want you to not apply your what you've always kind of heard as an application of this. And there's lots of good applications, uh, but God just put something new uh, on my radar this morning. So let me read it so you, you know what I'm talking about, and then I'll, I'll kind of pick it up, um, pick it apart a little bit. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now again, I think there's lots of good things we can get out of this passage, but let me give you something that was really new to me today. There's an invitation in here from Jesus, and it was an invitation to me personally to sit with him in his sorrow. So normally when we think about sorrow, we go the other way. You know, Jesus is sitting with you in your sorrow. He understands sorrow. Look here, he's sorrowful. He understands your sorrow. It's true, and I I think that's a great message but this was this was a, a different invitation that God gave me today. It, it was very clear that Jesus is sorrowful. Yes, he's sorrowful about going to the cross for sure, but there, there there's a there's another sorrow that he carries with him. Just a few chapters earlier, this is in Matthew twenty three, verse thirty seven. He says, "Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you." How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. So Jerusalem, this is Israel. This is God's bride. If you look at the Old Testament, it's a husband and wife metaphor over and over and over again. And here Jesus looks at Jerusalem, and he knows he's the next in a line of prophets that are going to get killed by Jerusalem. And it breaks his heart because in his heart, what he wants, what he longs for is to gather his children together like hens under the wings. I'm sorry, like chicks under the wings of a hen, a mother hen gathering her little chicks in this loving embrace. I want to keep you safe. I want to love you. I want us to be one. And yet instead, you're going to kill me. Imagine these baby chicks killing their mother hen. I mean, that's a gruesome picture. And and this is what Jesus is, is feeling in Matthew 23, 27. And the point of both of these passages, again, only a few chapters apart, is Jesus does not get what he wants. He doesn't get what he wants. He's and, and, and I think in our theology, it's often the underlying message of our theology is, here's how to get God the Father to do what you want. X, Y, Z. And here Jesus says, fully God, triune God, God the Son in the Trinity, and twice in a row, he does not get what he wants. And the the solution, it's, it's not a solution, it's an invitation. There's no solution. Okay, that's the point. The point of this is there's no solution. It's going to be this way. When we love people, they're going to hurt us. When we share the gospel, we're going to be rejected. When people accept the gospel, 
large percentages of them are, if you go back to the parable of the sower, the seed is not going to take root. And our proper response to that is sorrow. And, and, and the invitation here, it's not a solution to sorrow, but what hit me this morning is Jesus is with his disciples. So you picture he's with the 12, or I guess it would have been the 11 at this point. And he says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And then he takes Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, his inner circle, his three along with him. And I like to picture myself being in the inner circle. And he invites me to go with him. And he begins to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus, our Savior, is sorrowful and troubled. Why? Because he longs to gather Jerusalem under his wings, but instead Jerusalem is going to kill him. And he says to them, he says this to his disciples, you guys. He doesn't say this to God. He says to the Father. He says this to Peter, James, and John. He says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And what's his invitation? Stay here and keep watch with me. That's it. He says, sit with me in my sorrow. I am sorrowful about the brokenness of this world. Sit with me in my sorrow. And then the next verse is pretty famous. You know, he goes, he falls on his face, he prays, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And if you keep reading the passage, the disciples keep falling asleep and et cetera, et cetera. That invitation stood out to me. And I'm telling you, it, it gave me peace. It gave me a sense of peace that, it's okay for me to feel sorrow about the brokenness of this world. And it doesn't mean to quit. It doesn't mean because you feel the sorrow, because you've experienced this brokenness, that you stop. Jesus didn't stop. He looked at Jerusalem. He longs to gather them as, as a hen gathers chicks under her wings. He doesn't stop loving them. He doesn't stop loving me. He doesn't stop loving you. He doesn't stop loving his church, though his church continues to bring him sorrow. I don't know, there's just, there's, I'm going to try to wrap this five-minute flip up. There's something about the unresolved sorrow of Jesus that brings me peace and that his invitation to me is to sit with him in his sorrow, to sit with him in his sorrow for a broken world. And there's one other thing I've been taught. I, I, I think there's something very true about this passage. This would be a very hard passage to make up. Your, that your Savior, your Messiah of the world is having this type of sorrow, this type of despair to the point of death. And yet it's, it's written into Scripture. This is part of what actually happened. And he's leaning into his disciples saying, sit with me. Stay here. Sit with me. Watch with me. Pray with me. And, and if you're, I don't know, if, if you're anything like me and you're wrestling with, with sorrow, of the brokenness of this world. Jesus invites you and he invites me to sit with him, to, to keep watch with him, to pray with him. That's it. To sit with him, keep watch with him, pray with him. I hope that gives you some peace uh, the way it has me. I, I, I feel like I've been unable to put it into words in this five-minute flip in the way that uh, God spoke it to me today. Uh, but I, I hope that you're able to open the scripture up yourself 
and allow allow God to uh, to speak to you as well, because I, I think there's something here. I think there's something here that can uh, really help teach us that it's okay to carry sorrow, uh, and and in fact. Um, Yes, Jesus is with us in our sorrow, but he wants us to be with him in his sorrow. And uh, that fills me with peace. That fills me with peace. So peace to you as well. Uh, Thank you for listening to this five-minute flip, and I will see you next time on The Flip Side. Thanks for listening to this five-minute flip. Subscribe for more flips and long-form episodes of The Flip Side. Visit www.patreon.com slash noahphilippiac to support and get sweet flip side swag.